Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey guys, welcome back to another fantastic episode of Undying Light. Fantastic. I am fantastic because we are back together. Yeah. After the long drought of Iowa, a week or something, two weeks. <laughs> no, just a week. Just a week. Just a week. We had Nick last time and uh, for the round table. So Paul and I are back tonight um, and uh, we are going to drop a rant episode on everybody we've got a couple topics that we are going to work our way through and uh and then we are going to start a new series for next week um so we've had discussions a few times on the podcast in the past on what we wanted to do next and we decided we are going to just kind of go through the five solos really quick um hopefully we'll do this in less time than we did tulip that's the goal Yep. And and then we'll uh after that we got a couple other things in mind. We did promise uh a, a hermeneutics episode and the uh premise of a of a debate. Um that actually ended up falling through. That stinks, um, man. Pers- yeah. That would have been great. The person it would have been fantastic. Uh the guy who was going to debate with me um had to reschedule. I have yet to hear back from him. I'm not holding my breath unfortunately. Uh, I think it would have been a great discussion because we were going to talk about basically why hermeneutics is needed when we do scripture interpretation. Um, and I, he was a big proponent of personal interpretation. and It was just uh, like a hyper-spirituality. Right. Yeah, exactly. He just kind of he, – he thinks that uh, the Holy Spirit tells him what the scripture means and that's what he goes with. And then he's very anti any other person's interpretation except his own, which is interesting um, considering some of the people he follows on Instagram, which makes me scratch my head. So, um, you know, I'm not going to – this isn't a bash session against him. He's a nice guy. We've had great conversations with him. We've had some really interesting discussions and debates and arguments on Instagram. It is concerning Um, though that someone believes that their interpretation is the only one that's correct. And you have to forego every sort of historical context, cultural, grammatical, all this stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. I totally agree. And those are, you know, topics that we were going to absolutely discuss. Um, so hopefully in the future, um, we uh we'll get that locked down so maybe before we promise an episode we'll actually have it recorded and then in the bank but uh so apologize for any of those that were actually looking forward to that but uh paul i think you have you're next on the hermeneutics episode right are you gonna drop one soon that has been coming for around two weeks now and i haven't done it so yeah it Mm. should be it should be on next week but uh, yeah, awesome. I'll I'll do my best because next next week I have my my final exam on two classes, so I'll I'll do my best to pull it off. Cool. And I am going to be doing um, one more episode on the Christian bookstore. 
and we're going to be breaking down some uh, heated books that seem to be um, top of everybody's list. Uh, I haven't picked whether we're going to do just one or we're going to do a collection, um, but uh, we'll uh, get that locked in too. And then I'm going to move on to music. So we're going to tackle Christian music in today's society. That sounds interesting. Yeah, I've thought about going through and doing like uh, kind of a an episode that just maybe does like an evolution of music. Um, look at some like the early churches and Are how they did. Are we allowed to use that word? No. Evolution? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> you know, if done right in the right context, it's yeah, not a bad word. <laughs> but Christians, uh, especially Calvinists, seem to hate it, uh, which is I funny. It. But <laughs> I do too. Because it's just totally never done right. It's or twisted. Right, but... And, and uh, the meaning yeah, is always it's... like atheistic. So I. Right. And it makes me cringe. Com- completely secularized. Yeah, so, but we're going to look at how music has changed and adapted to society over time. So, and then we'll do uh, an episode or two on modern music and uh, big bands that are hot today, and some of the heresies that come out of those churches, <coughs> Bethel. And then, uh, <laughs> uh, and then I think I have a couple other ideas I want to do with the church series. I don't know if I want to go into directly into the church yet. I might do one on like home studies. You mean church history? And, um, well, no. So I'm doing the. I'm just going through like modern church uh, issues. Oh, okay. So yeah, so we should just leave that, church history to Nick. Yeah, Nick is Nick, the genius over at Crisis a Cure. Um, by the way, go follow him if you don't. Go listen to his podcast if you don't. And if you honestly, don't listen you're to listening, his podcast, you're not saved. Yeah, you're just not. And, you know, why are you listening to us and not him? It just blows my mind. You shouldn't do that. It's just not even that's fair sacrilege. to this guy. It is really, absolutely. It's like heresy. You know, that's like Pretty Bethel much. heresy. Yeah. You might as well just go be friends with Todd White. So Or Todd Bentley. Or Todd Bentley. <laughs> We're going to discuss that one, too. Yeah. Um, so, again, we love all these people we talk about. Don't Don't take us the wrong way. I got some flack from somebody. Because I made a comment last time. Did I tell you that? Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. So apparently I made a comment and uh, it was taken out of context. And uh, I m- did not direct it towards anybody. Well, either way, we're not perfect and we're going to fall no. on this. We're going to say stuff that can be uh, understood as mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not our, our intention. But no, it could be at times, though. It could be. And, you know, and the premise is, is when we see heresy and when we see issues within the church, we're going to call it out. That's kind of the, some of the premise of this podcast. Uh, we talk about some heated topics. We're going to talk about three big heated topics tonight and uh, hence the rant episode. Um, we talk about them on the round table and, but we don't judge these individuals in their personal life. We don't judge their character. We don't judge them. Anything other than, you know, what they actually do. So, um, so you want to segue into Bethel or um, something else? Well, we can do Bethel because that kind of seems to be top. Uh, Already talked about a little, bit, a little bit, so why not? Yeah. So, uh, so the three topics tonight we're going to talk about Bethel and their recent. Statement today, actually, as we record this, that came out. Uh, we're going to talk about their LGBTQ um, partnership, and we're going to uh, talk about. We might mention the Todd Bentley video um, because it's kind of correlation to it. Uh, from there, we're going to segue into uh, sinless perfectionism and why that's heresy. And if we have time, Paul is going to tackle open theism, but only briefly because that topic deserves. An episode. episode. It's gonna have. If, yeah. we, if we ever do a theology series like Nick, which is gonna be yeah. a thousand times more lame, way um, we're gonna have lame. to touch on that. Way more lame. So, uh, just to give you guys some heads up, we plan on doing another roundtable soon. So be on the lookout for uh, recording or the uh, the questions that we send out. We love you those questions because we love talking about them. You guys send some amazing questions. Uh, stuff that I would never think about in a thousand years so 
so Paul, this statement comes out uh, as, today. This is today, um, yeah, August twenty yeah, third. So Bethel Church in Redding, California. This is what they say: it says God loves all people, comma LGBTQ plus and straight. Period. The message of changed uh, has never been all must change. We share these stories specifically for Christians who are unified in identifying as LGBTQ plus. For those who feel full uh fullified and happy as you are we love you god doesn't force people to change and people including christians shouldn't force others to change either we stand against any and all forms of shame manipulation force humiliation or physical harm and so-called ministry or therapy change as they have this in all caps is a safe space for Christians seeking an alternative to LGBTQ plus as they follow their faith and according to personal convictions. Well, if you if you follow your movement. faith according to your personal convictions, you're not following faith. Christ, you're following right. yourself. So I I want to make one quick statement before we really tackle this. There they have one sentence in here that I fully wholeheartedly agree on. And, and I know you would too, Paul, as, and I'm sure Nick would as well, and all of us that we, uh, in, this, in this group, is we do stand against any and all forms of shame, manipulation, force, humiliation, of physical harm, and in the so-called ministry or therapy. We are not out to shame people. We do not attack people. We frown against it heavily, and we will call people out who uh, are doing such things. You know, we, we do not want to... Um, bring any harm in this particular conversation because in today's society this is such a delicate topic and uh and just know though there has to be though a distinctive line between what is christian and what is not and so we we are going to bring the bible to the table we are going to bring scripture to the table and we're going to lay out the words of christ and, and and the apostle paul and then we allow the chips to fall as they may we are not directly targeting or engaging with any particular person or group of people, but we do want to make sure that that is made very clear. Um, so, Paul, what are your thoughts on this statement? Not good at all. Yeah. Well, let's begin tearing it apart a little bit. God loves sure. all people. Yep. Is that is that a true statement? Define love. <laughs> That's where I was going to. Right, go because um, well, R.C. Sproul's typical video, which I love. Yeah, uh, God's love of um, complacency, beneficence, and the other one I always forget which one it is. Maybe you for, you remember? Don't you? No, uh, I don't. It's beneficence, complacency, and uh, well, I know that that the the beneficent love and the other one that I forgot which one it is. Forgive me, please are pretty much uh, the same. Mm -hmm. God loves all people in the sense that he gives rain to the just and the unjust, and he makes the sunrise on the on the sinner and on the on the Christian, we could say. That's not exactly what the psalm says, but um, people get it. So, and God's love of complacency is God looking at a person and seeing Christ in that person, or rather seeing, seeing that person in Christ, and so he's pleased. With that person and the love is reciprocal he, he god receives the love that he gave that's all, all over in in, in first john yep uh yep. so Which that love later if we say that god loves all people in that <clears throat> sense in the sense of complacency that's heresy because that would mean yep. that every single person every single person is in christ and is saved and we can't say that so god loves all people in a certain sense yes in another sense, no. Right. Uh, LGBTQ plus and straight, well, that's a direct no. We read in mm -hmm. Psalm 5 that God hates, God abhors iniquity, the, the evildoers, sinners. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, 1 Corinthians 6, how can, how can that be any clearer? Yeah. Do you not know yeah. that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, which comprises any sort of adultery, fornication, um, lustful thoughts, yeah. anything you name outside it. of a marriage. That word is porneia. Th that's where we derived uh, pornography. Mm -hmm. Any anything that's out outside of the bounds that God established for uh, sexual attraction and relationships is sinful. 
And then it continues, nor idolaters, nor, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality. How can that be any clearer? clearer? Yep. James White had so, a debate last week with a... Oh, the marriage one. Yeah, a person yep, who yep. claims to be a Christian, yet advocates for um, same-sex marriage, which is not marriage. It's, it's an oxymoron. Same-sex right. se- same marriage is an oxymoron. That's not marriage. Mm-hmm. Marriage is between a man and a woman. Um, yep. I mean, how can you debate that? I I don't even know how that's a a debate. Because how how can the Bible be any clearer than it already is on this? Yeah, I think what it comes down to is they try to take and twist the manipulate or manipulate the wording. And they look at the Greek text and say, well, that can be Well, the Greek is even clearer, actually. Right, yeah, the Greek is crystal clear. And that's what they, that's the problem is they, they think that they can use that because more people obviously can't read greek than they can read english so yeah i think they can get away with that but but you know you, you bring up a good statement i've heard this a couple times used is that some of the english translations don't include the word practice um they just include homosexuality right or maybe i'm maybe i'm backwards on this because what they try to they try to get away with is saying that you can be gay but not practice right it. yeah yeah I've, I've heard that one before and yeah and that, that's, that's a no-no Right, you're you can. I mean, so it just yeah, it just doesn't fall in with right because what it boils down to is at some point you you were going to have these temptations that your flesh is just going to be weak and act upon. Now, the Apostle Paul and and had made it clear at certain times that if you can't with if you cannot withstand from sexual sin, then you need to and you you're not married, then you need to be celibate. You need to. Or you need to to be married. Yeah, or you need to be married to a woman or a man if you're a woman. It's Thanks it's for not that out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's there's just no way that you can practice it. It just doesn't you know, your flesh is too strong and you are too weak that you can think that you can go through life without doing something. But the interesting thing is is that this text isn't just laid out to homosexuality it's laid out to a plethora of sin he paul goes on in verse 10 he says nor thieves nor the greedy nor drunkards or revilers or swindlers will inherit the kingdom of god this is this is a collection of things that paul's bringing to the corinthians sounds like romans 3 yeah he's saying look these people are wicked they do things that are not good in god's eyes and you think that, well, times change, so we like homosexuality, so we're going to just kind of black marker this one right out of here. Right. And the thing that really makes me upset is if you read some of these weird translations like this, the Queer Bible and some of this other stuff, they completely remove all that text. Well, they don't even they do. let, they don't even have it in there. And so then they make this that, you know, well, Christ affirms all things. And, you know, obviously, I'm sure you heard about the, uh, gospel coalition writer that said that christ struggled with uh the queer his queer yeah, identity. I, I, I wanted to puke oh my gosh uh i mean that, I, you that know, person is going to pay for that and that, that's mm, not going to be a, a, a beautiful scene to watch no and honestly for the fact that the gospel coalition allowed that to be published to me shows how far they are slipping yeah they're not is, is don carson still involved in that i don't think so because he he's a great scholar and I, i'd be yeah. shocked to see him like there yeah. And, you know, they've become very social justice as well, yeah, today, which is sad. But either way, let's flip back to Romans. So a completely different audience, a completely different context. Paul's still addressing issues within, um, you know, God's wrath to unrighteousness. And this starts right off in the first chapter, uh, starting in the 18th verse, but I'm not going to read all this. I'm going to go all the way down to 28. And this is the wrath of God towards those who are wicked. Paul writes, and since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, conventionless, malice. They were full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliceness. They were gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. They did not know God's righteousness decree that to those who practice such things deserve to die, not only did, uh, not only do that uh, do them, but give approval to those who practice them. 
Uh, you know the the most shocking verse in Romans one um, in regard to homosexuality is twenty six. Yeah, it's twenty seven. Tw- yeah, twenty six and twenty seven. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature, and the men likewise gave up natural relations. What Good calls point, my attention yeah. there is the natural part. Yeah, I mean, it's... homosexuality is not just against God's very nature and His holiness and His. Mm-hmm. I mean, marriage is the first institution that god made yeah so it's natural from god yeah and it's not only unnatural uh to do that against him it's unnatural to do that against people themselves right yeah you know you bring up a good point because it is you know this is this is god's first decree his first covenant between for a man and a woman to make and i i liked your point because i you know People try to argue that, that it's, you know, you see this happening in nature with animals. Well, animals are not, you know, spirit filled. They don't have, you know, they don't have a requirement to need God. Yeah, they don't have moral requirements. And and also that that excuse is terribly bad because that comes from genetic um, issues in animals. It's not because they're instinctively attracted to the to the same sex right it's, it's just folly and we're not animals and i i personally would say that animals do have uh, uh an immaterial essence to them but yeah they're not morally accountable to god but still right. that doesn't mean that god made them that way animals are also fallen yes so that's, that's it, true. it's a, yeah. it's a ridiculous argument mm-hmm. so we can sit and beat this topic up all night. The The whole premise to this is, is that Bethel is now affirming this. They're accepting the, this uh, agenda into their churches and they're going to be, who knows, partnering. Uh, they're going to be or, ordaining and leading with this down the road. Yeah, I, that's know, pretty much the, the gate soon is wide to come. open at this soon point. To come. Yeah. So, and this is exactly what the Lutheran ELCA Senate has done is they have allowed gays uh, and lesbians into their church, they ordain them. There's many churches that are led by gays and lesbians, and and really from here, this is what it's boiling down to now. The ELCA, this, just only because I've I've been fighting this now for the last year, um, they have removed. They're removing the gender of God because now they're making God genderless, so he's yeah. accepted at all churches. And just last week. They have made themselves an, a, a sanctuary denomination. What does that mean? So, if you are an illegal immigrant, Paul, if you come into the United States illegally, okay, even though you're I thought, US I thought citizen, it would mean that. Yep, if you're a U.S. citizen, then if you go to uh, commit a crime, you can hide out in an ELCA church and they should give you protection. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. So, that to me just shows when we start to remove doctrine as being the sole authority, this, the, the floodgates are just wide open to whatever heresy you want. So, so now, so they're pretty much, um, protecting criminals. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's, that's pretty much fringe, but, um, I say a 50, 20, well, to those who call mm. evil, good and good evil to those who yep. call light darkness and darkness light. That's, that's mm. heavy, man. That's, shameful it is you know and the frightening thing is is you know nine months ago i was guy got a free ride to an elca seminary and i was so bent on going to going to school that i I was putting all that stuff out the window i didn't even think about it i mean i'll tell you what god opened my eyes when i went and visited that school god says you want to come here this is what you're going to get and i almost puked during the church service I would have puked. <laughs> I, you know what? I had a conversation with, uh, oh man, who was it? I was talking to. Might have been, might have been a president of a church, and just just recently, I think. And uh, I told the guy, I told the gentleman, I said, "Look, I'd never experienced such a heretical sermon in my life. It 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 took every restraint I had in my body to not storm the pulpit." And remove the speaker 
I was who that. was the speaker was a lesbian woman, right? Yeah, she was a ordained lesbian speaker, preacher, whatever you want to give her a title as. Oh my goodness, I- I'm not going to call her a preacher. <laughs> She's not. No, not a woman of God in this case. The, the and I've told you the story, but it was terrible. Either way, DM me if DM me if you want to hear it in <laughs> detail. I'll tell you about it there, but. So again, yeah, we could sit and chat about this one all night. Yeah, but I, I, I do want to address some some other thing on yeah. the um, Bethel thingy. Uh, it continues. The message of changed in all caps has never yep. been all must change. We share these stories specifically for Christians who are unfulfilled and not identifying as LGBTQ+. Uh, for those of you who feel fulfilled and happy as you are, we love you. This part is the one that shocked me. God doesn't force people to change. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. do you think the word metanoia in the Greek means? Yeah. It means change. Mm-hmm. Shocking. So, the so, message of change has never been almost... So, that that's so contradictory. I mean, if you have been changed by Christ, how is your message not all must change? Didn't right. Jesus say... Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Hmm. Yeah, you might have. But wait a minute. So what you're saying here is Paul didn't have to change when he was on the road to Damascus? That, that That's a good question. I mean, could he have just gotten up and continue on to Damascus and slaughtered Christians? Well... Depends. That that opens up a, a plethora of other things, but um, <laughs> I mean, no, because it's it's God who changed him. Paul right. didn't change. Exactly. Paul, Paul, uh, Paul did. continued to change, but his conversion was not an act of his of of himself. Right. Yeah. See, this is this is dangerous waters, and and and, and that the that phrase God doesn't force people to change. Have you even <clears throat> read the life of Jacob? Yeah. I mean, God, God broke God broke his knee. Yeah. I mean, his he, his hip. Sorry. Hip. Yeah, yeah. I actually just read that. Uh, isn't yesterday. that isn't that forcing someone to change? Mm. Sounds no. Like it must not be Paul. I don't think so. No. Yeah. Also, no. Jonah. You said Jonah. Like <laughs> Jonah. Yep. Uh, you know what, God? I'm, I don't want to go to Nineveh. The, the, those people are nasty. I'm just gonna take a boat and, I'm gonna and take this boat the, and... the, the the other way around. And then he gets kicked off by all the fishermen, and then he yeah, gets and then swallowed he... by a fish. <laughs> No, and God had no part of that. Of, yeah. of Nineveh. Yeah, God I mean, had no on, part man. of that. God doesn't force people to change. <laughs> Stop This it. is ridiculous. Yeah, it's heresy, man. It's just straight heresy. And here's the thing, people, you guys listening, we love you. And this is why we bring this to your attention. Because you guys have to be able to discern this stuff. Bethel is just postering it right in your face. Yeah, and go on, please. It's... It's just, uh, it, we don't have enough discernment as Christians um, to, to come back and say, whoa, you, this, is, this is garbage. You guys need to fix this. Because their followers are eating this stuff up hand over foot. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are just gobbling this thing up like a fat kid loves cake. And we hey, do I not. Love cake. I do too. Oh, um, yeah. But... Uh, we we just don't have the discernment that Christians should have today. And you know what it comes from? It's because we get our theology off the back of a t-shirt or a song instead of the Bible. Yeah, and then play around emotions. Yes. And you know what? This kind of reminds me of, of the Roman Catholic Church. I mean, mm. people are just blinded yep. and just listen to whatever the, the authorities have to say. In yep. this case, Bethel. Mm-hmm. So if they say that um, LGBTQ, I don't, I don't know how many more consonants they're going to add to that. Yeah, then it's, it's going to be it's trees like the whole and animals yeah. and uh, rocks. I don't know, man. Yep. Um, that's why they, they they added the plus sign because they it got too long. Mm-hmm. If they say that that is right and that God actually advocates that, which He absolutely hates, it's an abomination to God's eyes. All the people that are walking around after them with their eyes closed and, the, and, and a blindfold over their eyes and listening to their deafening music, they're going to take it as authoritative and from God and as true. So how is that any, any different from the authority that Rome claims for itself, which we're going to touch heavily upon on, on the Sola Scriptura episode? Yep. 
How does that differ? It really doesn't. You know, and, and that's the reality that we face is that people don't do anything on their own to learn and increase their knowledge. They're too busy following in, you know, whatever's hot. Oh, you know, social me social good. media has absolutely killed the millennial kids. Mm-hmm. They don't think at all. Yeah. You, you know, what's funny. Um, you make that statement and there are still some holdouts and I've witnessed it. And when I was down preaching at this church, that's I've been fighting with, not with, but fighting for, um, there's some young men that are uh, early, mid twenties, maybe a little bit later in twenties that are on the elder board and they absolutely despise this type of Christianity. And they have been fighting with me tooth and nail to get themselves out of the ELCA. And how many are there though? Uh, they count them with probably two hands. And yeah, it's a small church. Know, I mean, a it's like a hundred and whole. Yeah. It's like 125 people in this church. So, but it's not just that, but even like in my, my church now, it's got three or 4,000 people, the youth there, you know, understand that Bethel's bad news and, you know, not all of them, but there's a good chunk that I've talked to that could discern that this is definitely blatant heresy. And I mean, cause there's some smart kids, but yeah, I'm, I'm right. not saying that there is that there are not. Oh yeah, I know. I know. The but majority they, are just brainwashed by social media as i said yeah um tv pornography yeah video games yeah movies the list goes on yep you know i told uh i seen a post on facebook the other day and it was something completely not related to christianity it had something to do with just society in general you know about the problems with society and i said you know what you remove the internet from society and 90 percent of your problems will be fixed that is true I mean, if you think about it, obviously you won't have podcasts or anything cool like that anymore, but uh, it's a sacrifice. It's a price worth to pay. Yeah, because I'll tell you what, you didn't have this type of garbage when um, pre-internet days. You yeah. Know, you didn't, I, I mean, mean you had it, but they, yeah. were, they were so embarrassed to be open that yeah. they just kept hidden. Mm-hmm. And another good example to track along with that is um, I got uh, messaged by uh, Shane, who's a genius apologist. Oh, yeah. Guy's really uh, smart. A friend of ours. And he, he always sends me the, his um, interesting conversations with um, atheists. <laughs> yeah. And this atheist was telling uh, Shane that, um, how can you believe in a book that, that was written 4,000 years ago, which is kind of fallacious, not, yeah, by the way. Totally untrue. Yeah. Uh, well, three and a half thousand, whatever. Yeah. Uh, by people who played around with, I don't know, rocks or were um, uh, blacksmiths, mainly. Oh, geez. And had no idea about anything. And I'm like, dude, are you? Have you even read history? Yeah. I mean, who were the the most brilliant people in the past? You don't have philosophers today like Aristotle, Socrates, Plato. Uh, Immanuel Kant, which is more kind of a modern one. I'm not saying that they were right in everything, but they were smart people. They thought things through. That they just didn't stop and I don't know contemplate birds or stuff like that, which is a beautiful thing to do. But right. you're not gonna crank your brain a lot by doing that. These people thought Moses was a genius. Job was smart. The prophet Isaiah, Jeremiah, they were intellectual stalwarts. Yeah. And now we have dudes like, um, I didn't even mention the Lord Christ because he's IQ infinite. Yeah. yeah, he's God. I mean, he knew he knew the 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 Old Testament by heart, all of mm-hmm. it. And now we have people who pretend to be philosophers like uh, Richard Dawkins, yeah, <laughs> or uh, Christopher Hitchens, who's a bit yep. smarter, but yeah. he he was still uh, wrong on a lot mm-hmm. of things. I mean, Dawkins, just just listen to him talk for two minutes. You're going to see how dumb he is. And that kind of people, and I'm not trying to offend him personally. Uh, what he does, he probably does good. His, his area is biology. He has the absolutely terrible presuppositions on that because mm. he hates God. 
but he's not a brilliant thinker. He, he just isn't. And you have these people today that are um, hooked on social media who never think, never read a book, uh, never give um, whatever they read, if they read, a second thought, just blast through it. You're not going to get geniuses that way. No. You know, that's the unfortunate thing is I think the internet is slowly making our society um, just, it's just dumbing us out. And I'll tell you what, you know, I, I feel the effect sometimes when you just sit and spend countless hours searching through social media and, you know, Instagram or Facebook or whatever it is. And, and you just, you, you don't feel edified. You don't feel like you've learned anything. You didn't spend your time wisely. You just wasted all of that time. When you could have been reading a book, listening to a book, listening to a podcast, um, writing something, studying something, go outside. <laughs> I mean, go pick up a hobby, go bike riding, go fishing, do something that changes your perspective in the world. Yeah, play and, with mud even. Yeah. I mean, that That's probably, it's going to get you thinking a bit more than, than social media probably. It would. Cause it, because it's going to be boring. Mm-hmm. And when some when when you're bored, you start to think stuff. Mm-hmm. Might not always be good. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, read read the Bible, man. Read read books, right? And see, that's what we come to. Is and I even feel like a hypocrite by saying that because I don't read as much as I should. I I'm in the same boat. I I've been I set a goal of my myself this year to try to read 25 books, and I've met that goal. Oh, cool! I've, I've exceeded that goal, and. I've been trying to do a book every two weeks has been my, has been my average so far this year. And, uh, which is good for me cause I'm a terrible reader, but I'm also including audiobooks in that too, because you got to put time into listening to books. So I'm about, uh, 18 books. I think physically read 18 or 20 books physically read and only a handful that are audio. So that is nice. Do you know how many books Albert Mola reads every week? Oh Yeah. Like, yeah, it's ten. It's like ten. I know it's ridiculous. Uh, Spurgeon read um, like six hundred books a year. Yeah, I know. So, but see, think about that though. You read six hundred books a year, and now most people don't even read six books a year. And I think that in a total of, I don't know, more than six years before I, I was converted to Christ, mm-hmm. I probably read three books. Yeah. I read a lot when I was younger, but it was just, you know, fantasy and sci-fi yeah. stuff. So, but after high school, until I got into like heavy into Christianity, I didn't read at all. Just never had a need for it. Now I can't stop reading and I try to, you know, I, like even when, when I'm with my daughter at night, my wife's at work, I'll watch TV for maybe an hour to an hour and a half just to kind of unwind from work. And then usually around six o'clock, between six and seven, usually um, I feed her dinner and I turn off the TV, I put on some music and then I will uh, read and I will read for until my wife comes home. Obviously paying attention to my daughter too, but you know, read as I'm in the middle of doing whatever else I need to do with her. So try to get at least my goal within those two hours is 10 pages. So I'm not completely glued to the book but i'm trying to make small increments right through through the evening so should we tie this up the bethel stuff yeah because i i got another topic i want to throw at everybody um i had i had just uh visited the website changedmovement.com. oh yeah how'd that go yeah um why we exist god is making himself known to our generation through stories of freedom and wholeness from within the most unlikely people group lgbtq plus There is no more provocative testimony than that of men and women who have chosen identity in Christ above that of LGBTQ+. We are changed, and we are growing in number every day. I just wanted to close that off by saying that those people are not in Christ. Their identity is not in Christ. Christ despises. He hates homosexuality. He hates whatever goes against what he established. That is the truth, and you can't can't change it. It's as, as simple as that. Mm-hmm. And those people that are being led by Bethel now, or Bill Johnson, or whoever else that advocates the the LGBTQ abomination, 
They are leading people to hell by making them think that they are Christians. There is no such thing as an LGBTQ plus Christian. That's just me. Yep, no, I wholeheartedly agree. And I think it's it's dangerous doctrine to teach. And I think it's dangerous doctrine to accept. And I think it's if blasphemous. you... It is blasphemous. It's blasphemous. And I think if you um, accept it or tolerate it or allow it, you need... You're no better than they are. Exactly. And you need to no revisit your Bible. Are. Yep, and you need to repent and believe in Christ because those people are... They are seriously going to hell. Yep. And you need to do it crazy fast. Because God's patience is only tested for so long. Mm -hmm. So there's this heresy that's been around for a long time. And it seems to be making another attempt at trying to be relevant today. And that is perfectionism. Paul, are you perfect? Am I? Yeah. That's probably the most redundant question. I mean, the most <laughs> rhetorical question in the world. No, no I'm, I'm the most imperfect person ever. Right? I'm, I'm right there with, with the Apostle Paul. Chief of sinners. Chief of I'm like leading the line of sinners. No, nah, man. I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't know how, how to even put it. Like, I'm, I'm at the Empire State High. <laughs> I'm like Mount Everest High. <laughs> Dude. You know the thing is this it's it's almost funny when when I have had people talk to me about this because it just it's so outrageous to think about this as being even remotely true, and yet there are big advocates for this, and they will come at you with all sorts of scripture and Jesse morell Jesse morell comes to mind, <laughs> yep. Uh, and they will just try to take you to town and prove to you that you have to be perfect. I mean, because here's the premise of it, right? Perfectionism teaches that there is a class of Christians who achieved moral perfection in this life. To be sure, credit is given to the Holy Spirit as the agent who brings total victory over sin to the Christian. But there's a kind of elitism to perfectionism, a feeling that those who have achieved perfection are somehow greater than other Christians. The perfect ones do not officially take credit for their state, but smugness and pride have a way of creeping in. It's a perfect definition for it because it really does show that these people think that they legitimately no longer sin. And it's obviously easily disputed by scripture even though they try to use scripture to present it because there's uh text i can't even says, begin to think of one text that supports their view I maybe the something in first yeah in, in first john there might be a little a, a little bit of them if you take them out of context oh yeah well jesus says that to be perfect like um you are to be perfect i know the like, logic that yeah 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 that's that's also in first peter be holy as i am holy Right. Yeah. Which is the only they, thing that they use. They use the the Pelagian logic. Like how right. how can God ask something of me if I can't fulfill it? That would make him a hypocrite, which is both blasphemous and false. Right. Because God can ask anything from you. That right. doesn't mean that you can fulfill it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's it's basically a, a erroneous view of both God's holiness and man's nature. You can't really expect to be sinless if you are born as a sinner. The nature isn't completely eradicated because man is both um, immaterial and material. Mm -hmm. And given that man is a moral creature, you are accountable both in your body and your soul to God. And if... I mean, this, this issue comes down to... If anyone can be perfect in this life, that means that you would be bodily glorified because your body wouldn't lead you to sin and therefore it's not fallen. So it's right. glorified. Yep. You know, this brings up an interesting question and I want to kind of um, just really quick ask this because it really doesn't have much to do with this particular topic. But you brought up the, uh, the, the, um, the word nature that we are obviously by nature sinners. We're born into sin. This is our life. Now, there is, I listened, somebody sent me um, a sermon the other day 
and I listened to it, and it was absolutely cringeworthy. Um, uh, I don't remember this gentleman's name who did the sermon, but he is... The sermon was Reformed Theology and Covenant Theology and Why It's Dangerous. Oh, funny. Yeah. And the person that sent it to me didn't care for it. They thought um, it was really poorly done. And uh, even though they don't particularly hold to Reformed Theology, uh, which is fine, they were they understood my views and they wanted to see what you know my discussion points were on it so i listened to this and it was absolutely terrible uh, i couldn't listen to it all entirely just because it was so it was just an absolute baseless attack against reformed theology calvinist and things like that so the question he brings up though is that all reformers believe that we are two natured beings what? that yeah this is his argument that we have one nature where we are sinners, and this is where you get the perfectionism. One nature where we're sinners, and then in the next nature, when uh, Paul writes that we are new, we are a new creation, now we have mm-hmm. a new nature. We're no longer sinners. I've never, in all my time studying, have seen any reformer no, I've never heard that either. write that. Not Calvin, not Knox, Luther, Edwards, you know what I love no. about that verse? Hmm. Um, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone is in Christ, behold, he, he's a new creature. Uh, the old things gone. have passed away. Mm-hmm. The new has come. The Greek literally reads, if anyone be in Christ, new creation. Mm-hmm. The Greek doesn't have the he is. Yeah. So it's a, you enter into a new state of being, but yeah. th- that does not mean that your body is eradicated. Right. Otherwise, what's what's Romans six seven. and seven there for? Yeah, First John. <laughs> I mean, why why even strive for sanctification if you can be perfect? Right. Yeah, I was just blown away by that statement alone, and I mean, there's many others because um, it was an hour and twenty minutes long. <laughs> I, t- I told oh her, I goodness. said, I said, I got about eight minutes in, and I had to turn it off. And I would I would have lasted too. <laughs> Dude, ten seconds into it, and I was pulling my hair out. I'm like, "This is gonna just be the painful. the the intro music." Yeah, <laughs> you're like, "This is oh, this is Bethel." <laughs> uh, but you know, the guy was intelligent. I give him that. He he was smart. He had good formulated arguments, but he just the, nothing was actually true. Um, I mean, all of his stuff were just. It was almost like he was talking to, you know, one of those new. Um, Calvinist, what do they call them now? Um, uh, Young, Reform. restless, and reformed. Yeah, yeah, those guys. You know, yeah, that not, was, it's going to die quickly. It, yeah, it, it needs to. Um, but yeah, it was awful, and I just thought that as we were talking about this, and I'm like, that really falls right in perfectly with this discussion because we really are still single nature. We have one mindset, and that's sin, as we are still in this body because we'll never, we're not glorified yet, mm-hmm. and. You know, we've called out some scripture already that really denounces this, but Jesus makes this really clear in Matthew 6, 9 through 12, when he gives us the Lord's Prayer. And the lines that he, the line that really just kind of puts a stab right into um, this, uh, to the perfectionism, is it says, Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts or sins or trespasses, whatever translation you want to use. As we have forgiven our debtors, uh, so do 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 we just do this once and then we no longer have to do it because now we're perfect? But Jesus says this is daily. You know, give us this day our daily bread. Daily bread, our substance, the Word of God, and forgive us our sins. We are sinful creatures. You know what I hate about this? Hmm. The perfectionism issue? Mm-hmm. That it, it really depreciates Christ. It does. Like, if you can be sinless even for a minute, that means that I was like Christ for a minute. Yeah. Does Does anyone really dare to title themselves that way? I I've met people that are close to it. I mean, I, I haven't been perfect. What's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, soul and strength. Mind. Yep. Haven't done that for a second in my life. Yeah. 
Nope, not and who, one. Whoever dares to, to think that they have done that for a fraction of a second is incredibly deceived and has a very low view of God and a very high view of man. And Jesus did that for every single second of his life. Perfectly. It, absolutely. And the verse that they love to use is it's actually a verse that goes against them. Uh, 1 John 1, nine. if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. They always claim that the if, the conditional clause is there. So that's if we sin. Yeah. Mm, I mean, yeah. just read backwards. Right. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. That's a harsh statement by John. Yeah, John makes it. I mean, that that's basically saying if you meet a sinless perfectionist, the truth is not in him. Mm-hmm. You know, Sad you, ordeal, but true. And, and you can read through, like, even the Psalms talks about David's inequities. You know, you can read through Proverbs. All the you time. can read through Isaiah. You can read through any book in the Old Testament. You can read through any book in the New Testament. And it's going to lay it out perfectly clear that we are sinners in a fallen nature. And our only hope is Christ. And our only hope is the salvation that Christ brings. And it's uh, it's sad, honestly. I mean, I've, I've had a few run-ins with people, like I've said. And, you know, you've made it, you said it perfect, that this just undercuts the work of Christ. And it's, you just... I don't know. It's frustrating because people that think that they have this, that they can just, that they have this pride, this, this, you know, I'm better than you mentality. Yeah, it's horrible. And, and if it you, doesn't lead, lead to pride, I don't know what it will lead to. Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, and I, I pulled up this, uh, I pulled up a website that has got some really good notes on this. And I just want to, I just want to go through some of these bullet points because I think, it just nails the bullet points themselves and we can, you know, nail it perfectly. When we say that we have no sin, we make God a liar. Uh, we are not perfect. Godly Christians know their sinfulness. Romans 7, as we've mentioned, destroys sinless perfectionism. Sinless perfectionism denies sanctification. Jesus says we all stumble in many ways. Or James says, I'm sorry. Uh, all I have is Christ. And I think that's, I think each of those bullet points uh, sums up perfectly. You know, James 2 says, we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they, uh, in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. James 3, 8, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Psalm 133 says, Lord, if you keep, a record of our sins. Who, oh Lord, could ever survive? That's 130 verse 3. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't get how you can read the Bible with all this stuff in context and then come out and say, I don't I no longer sin. Right. Because that statement alone is a sinful statement to make. You know, I have a soft spot for John Wesley. Yeah. Um, some people accuse him of being the the originator of this doctrine. Um, actually, his followers that formed and established Methodism came up with it, but mm-hmm. they do take their uh, initial points from Wesley's theology, which is sad. But Wesley hadn't developed it completely. Mm-hmm. Wesley was a great preacher. He, yeah. he was greatly used by God. I don't care if he was an Arminian. He was a wonderful preacher and a very devout Christian, devoted Christian. He was friends with uh, George Whitfield, Jonathan Edwards. I mean, yeah. he's way ahead of us. Yeah, but uh, knowledge-wise, he has that. He us. has that. That's that's much. Just mm-hmm. like Calvin and and, and Servetus and Luther and his anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. There's always yes, yeah, he had that. Yeah. Here's what it boils down to: Look at any person in the Christian faith, the Church Fathers, from from. Paul to us today, we all have smudges. We all have a spot that is 
you know, drenched in the blackness of sin. And to come out and say that any of us were ever perfect, any of us never did any wrong doings, or that we were able to achieve perfectionism just undercuts the entire gospel. You know, probably John Wesley was so sick of his sin that he, I don't know, thought about this and got convinced somehow, but... Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, whatever. <laughs> it's just it like I said early on, it's a to, it's a doctrine that is so flush with heresy. It's almost comical that people think that they can achieve this. Well, I I had a dear friend that um believed that he could be sinless for a day. Oh, yeah, you you told me about this guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 still a, a dear friend. I don't talk to him anymore, but I I highly esteem him. But I, I was really worried when he said that. Hope he does, he still doesn't believe that. But well, that's perfectionism for you. Yeah, I actually was told today that uh, um, if I have the 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 discussion point was around uh, suicide and losing your salvation, which we've talked about on the roundtable. Uh-huh. And somebody, I I sent these to you, so you know who it is. Yeah, uh, they said that. Uh, True salvation wouldn't allow you to live in sin. Do you know what it means to be a new creation? And so I asked, so only those who have true salvation are perfect? And then he says, well, that's what your Reformed theology teaches anyway. Since when did you start to defer? And I said, Reformed doctrine never teaches sinless perfection. You may want to study that a little bit more. And he goes, I'm not talking about that kind of perfection. Uh, okay, but a continuous walking in holiness. Then he changes his tone a little bit in the next phrase because I called him out on it. But I've had discussions with, I'm sure you have too, on being having to be perfect. He, he's got zeal, man. I love the guy. He's got zeal yeah. for the Lord. But he takes a lot of things on a literal stance and, and sometimes it's perfectionism. And it's almost like he I've, just... I disagree with him on, on a bunch of things. But I do I, too. I, I hold him as a friend. Yeah. And a brother. I don't think he thinks I'm a friend. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> We've had our run-ins with each other. You know, if he listens to this, you know, I, I, I have nothing against him. I really don't. Sometimes his conversations are entertaining and we can be, we can have some really good discussions. And other times... I've spent hours talking with him. Yeah, and other times I just want to pull my hair out and not respond because they're just so ridiculous. So, <laughs> I think the one, um, the one that really got me was that I need to sell everything in order to be a follower of Christ. That was what really put me off the edge. So... Well, get you better get to it. I've selling. I hey man, I sold my house. I was getting ready to sell, sell your my, dog. Yeah, my dog's gone, dude. He's <laughs> enjoying retirement right now, and uh, poor little guy. I miss him. Oh. He's a, he's at my parents' house. They live down in Alabama. I'm up in Chicago, and so they've got a yard, and uh, the yard, the yard. For those who don't <laughs> know my story, this year I was going to go to college. Um, in South Carolina and we wouldn't have been able to take him. So my parents were nice enough to take him. And then we ended up selling the house, not going to school. And now we're in an apartment that we don't have any place for him to, to go again. So he's down there. Uh, he's probably 12. misses you. Yeah. You know what? I went, I went down to visit my parents uh, last month and I went fishing with my dad for a few days, which was awesome. And he didn't really seem to, to, to miss me too much. He's like, yeah, I got well, a big, you know, in March, uh, in, in my trip to the States, um, mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time with my dog. And he, I, I think he loves me at least. Mm-hmm. I, I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. But when I came back, um, he was waiting for me upstairs in my room, uh, lying down on the carpet. And I just uh, hunched down to him. And he just stared at me and did nothing. <laughs> He's just like, uh, I'm like, dude, like, didn't you miss me? <laughs> That was kind of what my dog did. He was excited. He gets excited when people come over. It's always been his nature. But yeah, after like the five minute excitement run, he was just done with me. <laughs> he didn't want nothing to do with me. I love dogs. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's that's that story. But Okay, so Alex, we're 58 minutes in. Do you want us to cover open theism or just? Well, 
I think we could do open theism on a full podcast episode. Yeah. I think yeah, we've bored we probably have bored the listeners by this point with our ranting. Uh-huh. So we apologize to you guys again. I know we, we tell you that we're gonna keep the episode short and we never yeah, do. Yeah, and our our private lives are not interesting. No, they're terribly boring. I mean you guys mostly know from the from these podcasts how uh entertaining we are. Now we get Nick in the mix and then life is brilliantly awesome because Nick's like uh you know certified genius so <laughs> he actually has a plaque he showed this to me he has a plaque that says i'm a genius and it was given to him by like harvard or something i don't know you know oh cool doesn't it say um uh, a person like doing the hush sign with the finger on the mouth yeah uh and it says quiet genius at work <laughs> quiet genius at work <laughs> oh man and <sighs> Again, if you guys aren't listening to Nick's podcast, go give him a follow. He's super smart. Another one I want to throw out to you guys, if you don't listen to him, is Jason from the Daily Reformation podcast. Jason's got great content. He posts a ton on Instagram. So give him a follow and go check out his podcast. They're usually pretty short, so you can listen to them within... Totally. I think they're 10 minutes now, 20 minutes max. So they're quick. He has, a, he has some, a couple of long episodes. Yeah, so he's... Uh, he's all the 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 first handful he did i think were all under 10 minutes and now he's starting to bridge out and bring in more content he's, he's so. constant though like he posts i yeah, think all the time. he uploads an episode like every every other day yeah and we're not constant we're really bad slackers yeah sorry so um, we actually took this week off paul had a lot of stuff with school going on and i traveled to preach last weekend so we didn't get an episode loaded last week, so we apologize for that. But we've been pretty good, I think, lately. We've been dropping quite a bit of episodes. Yeah, a bit, a bit more scheduled. Yeah. So, obviously, the, the, we've been trying to do a Tuesday and Friday episode. Sometimes they go... Saturdays. Saturdays or Wednesdays, depending on how we get editing and that done. I think this was a pretty good episode. we probably just drop this one live. So Yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah. So I'll even include this. Yeah, the the, the ranting at the end of banter. You want to call it that? But uh, so, guys, yeah, we're going to. Panther Hour 3. Panther Hour 3. That was so long. Oh my gosh, that night was crazy. Uh, so, guys, um, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. We greatly appreciate it. Um, we want to say a big thank you to uh, all of those who contribute to this ministry through uh, Patreon. You guys are a, a blessing, and you guys have done tremendous work to help us get to where we're at. And uh, so we thank you. If you guys want to uh, contribute to this ministry, you can do so by going to the page. It's on our uh, Instagram page, undying.light, and both of us have it in our uh, as web links on our pages. You can do a monthly or a one-time donation, and they start at $1, and you can give as much as you want, really, I guess. I don't think there's any set limit. But through that, guys, it gives us the ability to record. It gives us the ability to pay for uh, the hosting. It gives us the ability to um, and get a buy. private plane. Yeah, we're gonna buy the plane next week, actually, <laughs> and uh, get you guys the <laughs> apostle certificates that we've been promising. Um, but it gives us the ability. We're gonna do um, to those who have contributed. We're gonna give some uh, some cool gear away. We're gonna give some books and. I th- I'm, I've been trying to find a way to get some shirts printed with our logo on it. So we might Sweet. do that. So that will be exclusively for uh, some of the patron donors. Uh, yeah. And we have a long episode on a really necessary subject with our top contributor. Mm-hmm. And that's coming up too. So we have got, uh, uh, if you guys contribute, at a certain range, you guys can actually come and join us for an episode. Uh, I think uh, on your your choosing of the topic, your choosing. You want. Yeah, I actually have. as long as it's Bible related, because we don't want to talk about politics or stuff. Yeah, no, it's got to be Bible, definitely uh, scripture. So the the tiers are one dollar. We we shot you out. Um, actually, we got quite a few people that we haven't really done that for. So we're gonna give them those tonight. Uh, Three dollars a month, you can. We'll give you a chance to win a book by R.C. Sproul. Uh, at the five dollar is when you can participate in a thirty-minute Q and A with us on Instagram Live, and then the ten dollar or more a month 
you can join us for an episode of your choosing biblical topic and the episode can be literally as long as you want hopefully it doesn't go any more than an hour and a half or so <laughs> we really advise five hour long five episode. Hour no, long the, the, the hosting it wouldn't even allow us to upload that yeah no we'd have to cut that down to, <laughs> to i think we can go two hours max to get it on the hosting yeah. site so um, or three hours but with really really condensed uh, yeah, but that's bad audio. Yeah, and it's really scratching that. So um, I am going to look at. Uh, so we want to make sure that we shout out to everybody who gives us the uh, if you if you no matter what your level of donation, um, we want to say thank you. So, yes, daily. Ref- bottom of yes, daily. I also follow um, steady, steady anchor podcast. What's it, the new one from? 1689 gang oh yeah he did drop a new one so check him out yeah. too yeah so he's got some new stuff he does some youtube work as well so go follow him but uh for the uh patreons guys leslie anthony Rini, jonathan and daily reformation you guys have been a tremendous blessing and our top contributor is veronica you guys have been um instrumental to uh the success of this podcast thus far so we say thank you from the bottom of our hearts and if you guys want to help us out with that and just help this ministry grow that's how you do it because then we can start to give you guys better content more often and uh we can do really cool giveaways uh i I haven't told you this yet paul but i think undying light needs to give away a bible so we'll probably put something together so be on the lookout for that. That sounds good. Um, so that's coming. Guys, and, and, and all your contri- contributions, that's what allows us to do this kind of stuff. So, And as the more come in, then we can start maybe even doing T-shirts or sweatshirts and things like that and actually be relevant, maybe even get a sponsor to give you guys more stuff. So that's what we're we want to do. get an ugly um, Christmas sweater. Yeah, that would be totally lit doing an ugly sweater for undying light <laughs> with our faces on it with our oh my gosh that would be you could be on the front and i'll be on the back <laughs> it'll be the back of my head in the front of your face <laughs> oh, man. oh man that's terrible yeah it is all right so guys that's it for tonight um you can follow us on instagram you know where we're at thank you for listening we will check you all out next week. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.